This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. We are back after a week hiatus for the final time in 2022 on Speed Streets. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. Hope that you are being safe if you're in the Midwest. A lot of bad weather, really kind of everywhere in the country. The winter weather is really, really ramping up. So hope you're safe. Hope you're having some time, some downtime to be able to listen to this like you have been all year. We appreciate you. We hope you're having a, a wonderful holiday time. Uh, I'm Joey Molinero here back on Speed Street again. Uh, rocking my Franco's Italian Army shirt. Had to bust this out today. We're recording on Wednesday like we normally do. And uh, just off the top, had to... Give a rest in peace. Um, shout out to Franco Harris, absolute Steelers legend, football legend. Very, very sad day uh, for uh, Steelers fans everywhere for the football world. Um, and definitely for the Molinero family. Uh, so rest in peace to him. He'll be honored this weekend. Uh, fittingly so. This was planned a long time ago, but he's going to be having his number retired on Saturday night, Christmas Eve, Steelers Raiders on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So, Again, uh, rest in peace to an absolute legend there. Uh, but we have uh, another legend who's uh, back stateside with us, Connor Daly, who is back from his holiday trip to Ireland with his lady. Can't wait to hear about that and more. How we doing, brother? It's going great, man. Uh, the trip was wonderful. Nice to get back over the seas. Um, it was fun. I mean, it, and and we were not expecting it to be warm. Uh, it was very cold. But to be honest, it was... It's colder here in Indiana, so it's it's something that we were prepared for. My lady's a Midwest lady, so she uh, she understands that it was going to be cold. Um, but honestly, it was perfect. We we got to see all the things. Got to be very touristy. Um, saw the cliffs of Moore, which was uh, very. I I definitely recommend that. That is something that you a thousand percent need to see as a human being. Um, very, very it sounds cool. like something from Lord of the Rings. It, it was very Lord of the Ringsy, yes. Uh, lots of just nature, uh, not, not, no, no big cities, just cliffs, sheep, uh, um, very naturey. So it was, it, it was really cool, um, you know, just to, to experience that. And we can get, for, you know, I, I drove from the east coast of Ireland all the way to the west coast, and you get there in three hours. So, you know, you can get that's like Indy to Chicago, essentially, if you're driving up 65 north. Um, but, uh, but yeah, great time. Great to see the family. Um, we experienced everything. Got to um, eat all the foods. We got to drink some beers. We got to drink some uh, several of libations, obviously, over there, uh, which was great. Um, my brother, my little brother, Colin, uh, he was also over there as well. Uh, the, the first day that I got there was his um, second day. And uh, the morning that we got there, we were driving over to my Nana's house. Oh, hello. Great to see you. And he was in the car in front of me uh, and he was vomiting out the window because he was so hungover. So um, Ireland did hit my little brother very hard. Uh, he was that guy that was, uh, you know, opening the door of the car to throw up because, uh, you know, he had had an aggressive, you know, 13 to 15 Guinnesses, I guess, on on night one. So, you know, th that, these things happen, right? It's a holiday season. That's a heavy beer. Guinness. That's a That's heavy a, beer if you're having ten plus. You gotta, yeah. You, you really need to, uh, um, you really need to fill the stomach there with some bread, a lot of you know, some grubby food. Uh, if you're having Guinnesses like that, because that is just gonna overtake you right there. And apparently he didn't. If he's yakking out the window, 
Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, good for him for being a trooper, not staying in the house. You know, he's just still wanted to be part of the family activities. And uh yeah, I mean, he did it. I I I gotta I gotta give him credit for that. Um we we also saw uh went to the Mondello uh, racing circuit, little little pop-up shop that they had there in in, in a place called Kildare Village, uh, which was cool. So I got to see some old Formula One cars. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great time. Great. There was there was a lot that was happening while we were gone. And like since our last show, uh, a lot of things to get into. You know, we have IndyCar has a television show now, apparently, which is great. Um, uh, there was lots of uh lots of angry tweets today about IndyCar not renewing their iRacing license or whatever that licensing agreement with with iRacing, which uh, a lot of people have tweeted me about and our show at Speed Street about. So there will be a lot to get into there. Um, and, and, yeah, I met uh, I met the new young fella uh, who drives for Ganassi, uh, who I already forgot his name, um, but that's on me. I, don't, I completely forget who they signed. Marcus Armstrong, yeah. There you that, go. That fella. Yeah, I um, uh, yeah, met, met him. At the IndyCar meetings, big big sit down uh, after the IndyCar meetings, which was which was quite an experience. Uh, and we got a great interview as well uh, with a uh, we we finally got our first uh, Formula E racer on, uh, but also a very very long time friend of mine, Antonio Felix da Costa, uh, very talented driver, Red Bull former Red Bull Formula One reserve driver, um, Formula E world champion. Uh, sports car race winner, but the guy is basically good in everything. He's driven almost everything. I think he's tested an Indy car as well. I want to say that he has tested an Indy car. Uh, and yeah, we're going to be a great chat with him. Uh, and we got a lot to discuss about Christmas too, Joe. We got a lot coming up. Great holiday season. Um, I- I'm excited to get into it. I mean, where 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 should we even start? Do we go? Yeah, dude. I mean, Indy car th- TV show news. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so because. Um, we had our, our last show two weeks ago before you headed out to Ireland and literally like the day that we were recording that you're, you, you were telling us off air. You're like, I'm pretty sure that we're going to get the announcement that there's going to be some sort of TV show. There's something, something's going to happen. And sure enough, there it is the day that our episode comes out. Uh, we're going to be out for two weeks. So we haven't gotten to address it. We haven't gotten to talk about it, hear your full thoughts, my full thoughts, Ben's thoughts um so yes that news has been out there um the uh what do we call it what, what, what what's the title again Indy 100 one, days out to 100 India, days yeah, yeah 100 days to indy 100 yeah. days to indy uh obviously focusing uh, mainly on uh that lead up uh to the greatest spectacle in racing in may uh in indianapolis and rightfully so but there's going to be with that lead up the start of the season Right. Obviously, if you're 100 days out, all that goes into it. You have uh, some races prior to uh, on a few different courses. So you're going to be able to get to see a lot of different kind of driving, all of that. What were your I saw your, your post that you put on Twitter, on your Facebook page. You know, I think it's great for the sport. What else you got? I mean, are we liking it? CW, Vice. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was very interesting when we the, the scene when we walked into the IndyCar series meetings, right? Like all, most of the drivers were there. Um, several, you know, a couple were not, um, which obviously, you know, happens for, for, for other, other reasons. There was some testing, IMSA testing going on, uh, Paddle was on vacation, uh, stuff like that. Um, but it, it was, it was quite a, quite a scene. I actually did not know at all. Like usually when, when news is happening, you kind of get, you know, you hear the rumors, you hear what's going on. 
I legitimately had no idea who these people were, what was going on, and and what the announcement was. Like I knew, okay, there was a TV show, but I I had no, I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, on Peacock. Didn't know if it was going to be on HBO Max. Didn't know if it was going to be on the CW. I I, I did not know. Um, and so when they, you know, when they mentioned it and they announced it, I was like, huh, okay. I actually laughed right out the gate. I, 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 I had, I, I was sitting next to Alex Rossi and I laughed cause I, the CW, I was like, I don't know about that. Like, I was like, I know what the CW is. I actually have a good friend who's on the Superman and Lois show that they have on the CW. So I see him, uh, his name's Eric Valdez. He's a big race fan. He did like the, I think he's raced some sports car stuff as well, but he's on that show. And I talk to him every now and then. So I, I know what the CW is, but I also know, I was like, I was like, Oh, oh darn. Like I got, I got the first, my first, now that was my first thought. And again, that, that was what a lot of people thought I saw via the internet comments, because again, they don't go one, one level deeper. We we started to get this um, this kind of I guess the the, the distribution of where it's going to go the the partnership with Vice and and Vice I I actually like Vice I've been to the Vice offices in Brooklyn New York um, I've done a story with them I think before uh, and, and and they are very creative people and Vice is everywhere like I see the Vice logo everywhere yep. I think it's on every single smart TV that you buy their little app boom Vice is right there along with the Netflixes and the Googles with all that stuff. Heavy so, social so, presence too. Vice. Heavy big, big social, social presence. Following. Yeah, exactly. Big social following uh, and a lot of creative minds on, on, on that platform. So as they started to explain it and the director was there um, and it's the direct, he's a young guy as well. Boom. Great. Right out the gate, like young creative mind. He is just finishing up, I guess the, the Netflix documentary about the PGA tour or the, or the, the, whatever that is. Nice. Um, which is really cool. So, so my mind started, I was like, oh, and, and I even, we as a driver community, like, now let me tell you, we are very judgmental right out the gate because when you're talking about things that are, you know, in IndyCar and how the future and, you know, we've gone through a couple years of some tough times, right? Like there's been a lot of great stuff, but a lot, like we are very, very judgmental right out the gate. And I actually saw a lot of happy faces, like even, a couple of guys who started asking questions that were expecting some like, you know, answers that they were like, Oh yeah, of course that's going to suck. You know, Roman Grosjean asked a question about where it's going to be in France. And they told him the channel. He was like, Oh yeah, that's actually really good. And so there was a lot of really positive, um, positive response in the room. Um, you know, several of the, of the folks there had, had mentioned, you know, spending a a great deal on marketing, a great deal more on marketing, which obviously we've pushed on this show for a long time now. We're we're a small time show. We want to be big time show at some point. We're going to get there with more and more people that listen to this. Um, but but I but I I thought initially, yikes! By the time I left, very excited. You know, we had a great meeting with the director. You know, we started just kind of asking him a few questions because again, we couldn't sit there all morning and figure out how we're going to make a TV show. That's their job, right? But, but the lead up to the Indy 500 is obviously very, very special. We can't have a show like Drive to Survive right out the gate because Indy 500 is the is the biggest thing for us, right? So we have to sell around that. And if it's a hit, if it goes well, if it goes like we think it's going to go, then you maybe expand that out a little bit and, and figure out what happens next. But I love the idea of, of the run up to the Indy 500. You know, we asked right out the gate, hey, we're doing Alex Rossi's bachelor party in January. Can you guys come to that? And they were like, 
yep, let's do that. And so I was like, well, that's a great idea. You know what I mean? That's like, that's right before the season starts. That's kind of everyone getting their minds right. Maybe it's some getting to know each other a little bit better, making sure the TV audience can see who we actually are as humans. Yeah, I love that. I love that they were open to that. Um, so it, it's clearly not a limited to the racetrack type show, which I think everyone needs to be excited about. And again, it's not behind a paywall. You, if you have like the the line that they told me, which was great, is that if you have an internet connection, if you can access the internet, you can watch this television show, which I think is fantastic for us. So, what, what were your guys' initial reactions, Joe? You're you're a big TV guy. You've been on Family Guy now. So, what's you know what's what, what was your initial reaction to that? Well, yeah, yeah, nice little tie-in that I don't even realize that you did, but uh, <laughs> Family Guy airs on the CW. Uh, yeah, there, there you know, go. CW has a lot of shows, both original and um, the syndicated, you know, Seinfeld, uh, Family Guy. Um, uh, uh, you mentioned your friend with the Superman show. One of my buddies, Michael Evans Bailing, who was at the 500 a couple of years ago, uh, he's on All-American, and that's on like season go. five yep. or six or whatever. Um, so I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. They, what what is happening? What is uh, you know the goal? What is going for here is the eyeballs, right? And CW, although on the surface, like you said, it doesn't have the sexiness of a Netflix or the sexiness of an HBO. The CW is everywhere, and it's so easily accessible um, that you know. Honestly, it's just like people are going to fall ass backwards into it because it's so easily accessible and, and people have it all, all over the place, right? Like it it feeds into people's local uh, TV stations. You know what I mean? Like if you got Channel 4, it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of like the tie-in with CW, right? They're promoting what's going to happen on there. So I think it's great. You know, I, I think that's a, a perfect starting point um, for the series, uh, for – the idea to get new audience, um, diverse audience, younger audience, all of that. I think it's great. Um, and I think that the, the partnership with Vice, like you mentioned, uh, that also does well on the social front, like I said. And then that as a very young, very diverse audience as well. So uh, I, I, I was a big fan of it. You know, I, I think that people just have to, like you mentioned, not just get caught up in the sexiness of a Netflix peel the layer back one more time yes and you'll find that it is a very very good thing and 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 around the 500 and and again it's not just the 500 but they're going to get and I saw the the kind of promotion for it you're gonna have uh St Pete Texas and then coming to end or barber then coming to Indy right you're gonna have some stuff from all of that correct Yes. Yeah. And and I actually we actually had the president of Next Star Media uh, on on a Zoom call as well with us. And now he they, they are the people who bought uh, the CW. There's they, they own a lot. Right. And so we had a lot of interesting questions for him. And again, right out the gate, I liked what he said. He was at the Indy 500 last year and he loved it. He brought his son. He's a he's a race fan. He gets it. Uh, I had a little bit of a problem that he called it the indie league for a little bit. He didn't say IndyCar. It's no big deal. We can get over that. But that was just a personal thing. Sure. But he has a personal connection. He saw it with his eyes. He went, had his kid there, blew their minds. Okay, perfect. That's someone that you want to get behind this thing. And we asked, you know, okay, hey, this is a six-part series. It's going to be leading up to the Indy 500. 
it's not going to start in March. So we're not going to get St. Pete promotion in this show, right? That that, But we have to understand that. However, what I think it can really help us with is the second half of the season. I think actually the first half of the season for us does okay because we get St. Pete. It's usually network NBC. Long Beach is huge attendance. It's a great race on NBC. Um, and, and everyone kind of knows that May is May. But when you have that show that kind of starts end of April, uh, oh, sweet. All right. And maybe they promote this. And that's going to be the thing, right? If it's promoted properly, you're going to go find it to watch it. I don't care what it is. If, if I see a cool show that's on Hulu, I don't have Hulu, but I'm going to get it. You know what I mean? I like that show Yellow Jackets on Hulu. I had to use someone else's Hulu account to watch it. But now I'm probably going to go watch it when season two comes out. I'm going to get my own Hulu account because it was a great show, right? If it looks great, if it's marketed properly, people are going to go find it. That I don't want to see anyone complaining about this because it's great, right? It's it's something that you can get access to. There's no paywall thing. It, it, I don't care what you want to paint it with. If it's on the CW, it's it's it doesn't matter because it, you're you can find it. If you can't find it and you're complaining about it, you probably shouldn't be able to find Twitter then if you can't find the CW because it's 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 something that is very very simple. So. There's a lot of positives about it. And they also, Next Star Media, they own a lot of NBC affiliate stations, right? So when this show comes out, it will be a simple thing to be like, hey, also, you can find IndyCar racing on our station. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of co-cross promoting there that I think is going to be very, very helpful for us. And it's a very good launch platform for the next half of the season, which I think is sometimes where we struggled to get some people to watch the races. Um, you know, there was a wild stat that I keep going back to sometimes that like 97% of the people that watch the Indy 500 don't watch another race the rest of the year, right? We want to be able to paint that picture for them to say, hey, if you think this was awesome, well, we got another 11 rounds. You know what I mean? So it, it, that that's what I think is super important. They, they had shown us how many social media followers they have. It's like, it's like 16 million followers or something on Instagram. They said, hey, guess what? We're going to put you on our Vice Indonesia TikTok that's got like 4 million followers right out the gate there. And it's like, you know what? Oh, is it important to be popular in Indonesia? doesn't matter. If it's going to 4 million people, that's helpful for us. It doesn't matter. If this, if this show goes all around the world, it gets more and more people talking. That helps everything in general. So again, I think it's very positive. I think that there was a little bit of, you know, there was some headbutting and there was this rumors of, and there were these stories that Adam Stern, I, I, I did not like his article that he wrote about. There was a letter that the drivers had written to the series, which was supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to be a non-public thing that somehow ended up going public and it ended up looking like a disaster. But all of this is positive. We need it to be seen as a positive thing. And again, if it's promoted correctly, it helps us. Now, Ben, you're a young person. You're younger than us. Did it excite you? Absolutely. I think kind of going off of what you said before, having another outlet besides NBC or IndyCar or some of like the niche racing channels, mm. I think is huge, even for people my generation. Like it's not going to get on ESPN. It's not going to support Center Fox, part, you know, first take, all that stuff. But opening up device, even like on a before we record us recalling or seeing like all the documentaries like blue mountain state i've heard of even on um the cw like they have uh, what was the other one sleepy hollow which i've heard of not a little bit but these yeah channels riverdale riverdale yeah, yeah. yeah it's huge i know a lot of my friends watch riverdale too so 
having that is it's huge. a different audience right? absolutely yeah it's what netflix did for f1 because yep. it, it was thrust into their faces because everyone has netflix right, right? well guess what right. everyone has a cw and vice like it's it's there um and it, it as long as it's put on that front page as long as it's advertised correctly right it, you're gonna see it and when people see it and again i we talk we talked to the director guy and i like this and i said hey we have a lot of cool stuff. You go, you use it all. Make it like use the crashes, use the excitement, use the the speed, the engines, and just just make it look cool because there we have the ability to do it as long as the director man does it. And I and I think he will. I like the guy, and I and I like the the people that were there. They were not dummies. I, I look at them. I looked at them. I saw what they were telling us and i was like i like this it's a show that i think they think can make money for them which is important right because we're not here to be poor we're here to everyone is here to make money we all want to work and we want to put out a great product for our fans and so i think it was it was just it was really cool to be able to uh see that the one thing though that i will say that we happened to skip over during that whole entire meeting is that we actually didn't get to talk about the marketing issues that we had there's a bit of smoke and mirrors. I'm not going to lie. This is my own personal feelings. We were hoping to have a nice, very, uh, you know, interesting uh, talk about marketing. And we got a little smoke and mirror because all of us were so happy about the TV show that none of us asked questions about the rest of the stuff that was going on, like social media. Uh, why are we not posting every day? Why are we not promoting this, that, and whatever? So that meeting, I was hoping... We could have used it for more, and now we were all, we're all thinking like, "Oh, yikes!" We kind of forgot to actually ask more and more hard questions. But tis what it is, one step at a time. We all want to cure things in one day, but we cannot. So we thank IndyCar and and Mark Miles and the Penske Entertainment Group. Uh, appreciate them all being there and 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 talking to us about it. Um, but again, that's one step. We need another ten. We we need we need to start running. You know what I mean? We're we're, we're right now we're walking. We might even be crawling, but we're gonna need to start running here soon. So I I think it's one step forward. And again, if you if you continue to ask questions about the CW, just do some research on it, right. Like just do some research on the show, the people who are involved, because I think you'll be happy about that. And 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 I think if you're listening to this show, you're already one level deeper on the IndyCar fan base anyway. So I, I encourage you to continue to do the research on it because I I think it's great. I think it's positive. Yeah. Also, like I was just thinking about it. How often are, you know, any of us out with a group of people could be three people, six people, seven people. Maybe right now you're at a holiday party. You're at a Christmas party. You're out at the bar, just kind of having some casual drinks. And inevitably the conversation piece that always comes up. What's uh, you guys watching anything good on TV? You guys uh, check yeah. anything out? You got any recommendations? There you go. Therein yep. lies it. You know, how do you hear about the shows that you throw on on HBO when you're talking to your lady and you're like, hey, I heard this was good. Let's give it a shot. Usually mm -hmm. through word of mouth, right? Exactly. Take this podcast. Take what we're talking about. Take your IndyCar fandom and throw it on people, man. Everybody's dying for recommendations. Everybody wants to get latched onto something. Everybody is. Use it during this holiday season. Use it going into 2023 and get some eyeballs and some ears and some minds open to it. And 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 let's get this thing running. Like Connor said, you know, it's it's important. It, it comes down to not just 
IndyCar, the series, you know, it, it, not just Roger Pinsky or Mark Miles or, or or Doug Bowles or IMS or whoever it is. It comes down to all of us. It comes down to just those casual conversations at a bar when it's you and two buddies that you went to high school with catching up over Christmas break and <laughs> you're having those beers and it's like, hey, did you guys hear about that IndyCar series that's coming? Yeah, the road, you know, the, the lead up to the 500 and it's going to be on CW and Vice and boom, there you go. Maybe you get one of them, but that's one. You know, that's how it goes. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, to get into more IndyCar news when it comes to that, too, before we get into some fun topics, we're going to get into some Christmas stuff. This is a very Christmassy episode. We know yeah. that the holidays are coming up. We're hoping that everyone's going to be listening to this as they travel to family or wherever you're going, whatever you're doing. Maybe you're sitting by the fire enjoying a hot, hot cup of chocolates. Who knows? Um, we're going to get into our, 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 uh, let's say some, some highlight Christmas films. We're going to get into some, some highlight Christmas desserts. I think that's important People to know like the podium for Thanksgiving. Mm. We should just do that for the Christmas topics. Oh, exactly. We're going to get into back. that as well. Yeah. But one thing that came out today that I think is very, very important to talk about, because this is something that again, has to deal with the youthful and maybe also the very, very active IndyCar fans. And I was sad to see this, but also not surprised because you got to think. It, it, remember, IndyCar is trying to make a video game right now with motorsport games, and I, I, we've done everything that we can to like. They've got all like we've we've done everything we can to help make this game because I I'm very excited about an IndyCar game, right? But the company also went bankrupt, so that's tough. That's, that's tough to that's tough to get behind. But they're still working on it. And and I don't want people to lose faith in this because I have not lost faith. They sent me recently what my helmet's going to look like in the game. Awesome. I, I think it looks awesome. Um, so, again, we can't lose faith in this. But what I saw today is very, very sad. Apparently, IndyCar did not renew the licensing agreement with iRacing. And... Whether or not you like iRacing, now again, we we did a lot with iRacing in the world of the world of 2020. That was not a world; yeah. it was all a world in our own houses, right? Yep. And and iRacing helped us out a lot. We complained a lot to iRacing, and they dealt with us. They they accepted us. Um, NASCAR has their own game. They have like several games. They got NASCAR Heat, NASCAR, all this stuff, but also iRacing. Um, and, and apparently, you know, I, I'll read this statement from Greg West, who uh, Greg West, honestly, I thought he wanted to kill all of us as IndyCar drivers after what we after what we kept saying to him after the iRacing challenge. But I really appreciate iRacing. They were a sponsor on my NASCAR truck series uh, first event with Travis Pastrana. I, I use the iRacing service consistently. Um this is the IndyCar license update. Our current license agreement with IndyCar is set to expire on December 31st, 2022. IndyCar has signed an exclusive license, an exclusive license with another developer that goes into effect on January 1st, 2023. While we are still working on finalizing a new license with IndyCar, it is clear there will be some notable changes to the way we are able to present IndyCar going race IndyCar racing on iRacing. Most significantly, we will no longer be able to run an official IndyCar branded series, and there will not be an iRacing Indy 500. You will, you will also see the removal of the IndyCar series logo from our sites. Yikes. We Ooh. plan to continue to support the Delara race cars, IR18, DW12, and the Delara IR05. 
there will be no changes on limited use and racing in regard to the non-IndyCar series at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for other series, NASCAR, IMSA, etc. Until the new license agreement is finalized, we won't know all the details, so there may be further changes. Now, that is tough because I know, Joe, you're not a big iRacing guy yet, but... No, I know but I understand have, the importance of it. I do. Yes. You get it, and I think, Ben, you understand it. You're literally sitting at a sim racing wheel right <laughs> now. Like, we we know how important this is to the youth. Um, we know how much iRacing has done, I think, for our series. I see iRacing IndyCar videos on their Instagram all the time. This is a tough one. And, and I and I know that, again, it's it's out of my league to understand fully I know that we have to commit to this game, but these are part of the small things that I think we've talked about before that that shouldn't be that hard. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be that hard to help the people that are already fans of ours, right? If you're on iRacing, you're probably going to watch a lot of different forms of motor racing, right? Like people love yeah. iRacing. I love iRacing. I love racing on ovals in the IndyCar, what they've done. To help with the, you know, with the weight jacker usage, the button, the the anti-roll bar adjustment usage, things that we as drivers helped during 2020 to try to like bring the you know realization of the of the sim of the simulation up to a higher level. And and to not to see that type of negative, I guess, press is, is tough. That that's that's something that I don't like to see because I know how strong the iRacing community is. And I know how strong the sim racing community is. Um, so that that was a tough one. And again, we talk about taking these steps forward with the TV show, which I think is great, right? But like, imagine Madden going away from NFL, right? You'd have a lot of people that are probably upsetting. And I wouldn't say iRacing is the equivalent to Madden for like for our sport, for any sport, for, for F1, for NASCAR, like, there's a lot of people who 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 not who don't like iRacing and they're big Assetto Corsa or 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 what R Factor whatever it is it doesn't matter but iRacing has a massive platform and they have a massive you know support of of young drivers of drivers of any age that want to get on their system like can you imagine taking Madden away from the NFL community I feel like that would be a big blow I I, just, I feel like that would be a tough one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you see it in every sport now. How you know the importance that's coming from e games, from e leagues, right? I mean, the Pacers, right? The Indiana Pacers, for God's sake, they have a two K team, like a legitimate, the, like the Pacers fund it. It's a professional organization for video games, so that that's everywhere. It's so important now. People, uh, you know, people make millions of dollars, kids. The youths, as you say, Connor, they watch mm. hundreds of thousands of hours of Twitch, of yeah. video games, of you know, all online. So it is, it is, it is very important. Now, what what is going to be uh, the gap that we have here between iRacing and then once we get the video game figured out? Do we know? And see, I don't know, right? Like I, we hope that this, the video game that IndyCar is supposed to launch, right? The motorsport games, IndyCar racing game, I don't, whatever it's called. Um, very excited about that, right? And like, I want to play that on Twitch. Like, IndyCar wants us as drivers to like to promote that game, and we we obviously will, right? Yeah. Um, and I think they've put a lot of work into it. Um, but it, but it, but it's you got to have like NASCAR has everything, right? Like they have their official series where where people are winning 
hundred hundreds of thousands of dollars playing this game and that's on iRacing, right? And they also have a game that's on a console, right? They have the NASCAR games that are on console. And there are people that obviously are 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 not iRacing folks because it's a, a pay subscription type service. But there are a lot of people who pay for that subscription service. You know what I mean? And, and it's a great service. You get what you pay for. It's a great game. Uh, simulation, they like to call it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what the gap is going to be. I, I do hope the IndyCar game launches and launches as well. But it's not going to – the game is going to do better when the series does better, right? If more people know about the series, then more people are going to play the game. But I think it goes hand in hand. I think launching the game, launching the TV show, boom, 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 all those things are great. But I just I, I just wish we didn't have to burn any bridges across, you know, as we go. So that, that that's the only thing that I I find a tough one to uh, to see. And I, I, sure. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of vocal – listeners about that too i I, i'm getting more tweets about the iRacing thing that i've ever got about any other indycar news honestly uh, and and including our podcast in them so appreciate you guys tagging us in that honestly appreciate people wanting to hear right hear the opinions on that yeah no i mean everybody who i follow in motorsports who is big into iRacing is like you said not just big into nascar or big into f1 or indycar they're they're really big fans of all of them from what i see so it is a bummer yeah ben you you you're set up there i mean you're definitely an expert on this i was i was just gonna say so one thing that's kind of interesting with the whole license thing is motorsport game also does the nascar games and i think they used to be like 704 whatever until they like rebranded so if they're still doing the game you know with their bankruptcy and there's they do the the nascar games but they nascar still does iRacing stuff i find that kind of interesting how if IndyCar is just going exclusive, even though NASCAR is taking a model where they're doing both. Like you said like that, I know I see mods on like R factor that have the NASCAR stuff, even like they end up on the Forza games, which I think IndyCar was, they got officially licensed cars on Forza. Yes. So I don't, I don't see a problem with, with spreading your license across all different games. Cause like you said, depending on like a casual racing fan might be playing Forza, or if you're a guy that's super into, R factor and I racing a little more hardcore. So I, I don't think diversifying where you have your product on games is a bad thing. So oh no, I mean I mean I agree. Yeah, IndyCar, we yeah. have a great relationship with Forza yeah. too, right? Like I love Forza. I have yeah. a great relationship with Forza. They, you know, I, I commentated on their official racing mm-hmm. league, like and I love the game. I've I've played literally thousands of hours of Forza mm-hmm. through Forza One all the way up until the most recent one, the Horizons. Um Forza Motorsport 2, I very proudly got all 1,000 gamer score from on the <laughs> Xbox. No big deal. That was a big accomplishment for me. Uh, Joseph Newgarden and I played Forza Motorsport 2 in my basement when we were younger for literally 16 hours straight trying to beat our lap times. Um, and so, yeah, like we, we've we done that before. So, I, I you know, we were on iRacing, on Forza. You know, I, I, I actually – that's why I don't necessarily want to want to, like, throw a bunch of grenades at this situation. I know we've talked about it as a tough one, but there's got to be more to this story as well. But if there's not, then I want a handwritten explanation. Like, I went, like why, why are we like, well, what's going on here? Because we, we should be, you know, we should be allowing our cars, our, our influence to be out there as easy as possible. 
possible to as many people as possible. Um, and the gaming community, the, the streaming community right now is stronger than ever. Uh, th- there's more and more people streaming on the Twitches, on the YouTubes, on the Facebooks, on the everything. Yep. Um, and, and it's just important to, to have access to IndyCar. So that that's what I want to say on that. We've, we've used a lot of Forza stuff before, and Motorsport Games is obviously going to be across the spectrum, I believe, on you know console and computer and all that stuff. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I just I hope that we can get more positivity because it's funny how things work on the internet, right? Something great, awesome. But people's attention spans are so short, right? So if you all yeah. of a sudden have something negative like this, it's like, well, then people forget about the positivity of the of the TV yeah. show right away. So we oh, just yeah. got to keep hitting the, the good things, good things, good things. And I think IndyCar is doing better on social content. I've noticed them, you know, posting a little bit more. We got some helmets that are being posted today, creating some conversation. Again, that's good, but it's baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. <laughs> yes, sir. No, you're exactly right, man. You are. Um, all right. Anything else we want to get to into the news before we get into kind of some holly jolly, you know, end of the year stuff? Holly jollies. You know what? I I, I think, well, <laughs> there was a lot of wild stuff that came out with the FIA and their rules against some, some things that there was quite a serious conversation about uh, – the FIA and banning like all kinds of like causes, like like you can't do religious causes and things Ooh, like that. And it was, answers. I don't even know if I want to get into that because it's very messy. Probably but I not. just, but it was it it, it I, I, when I was looking at some of these tweets about the rule that came out and and then it, it's it, F one big politics like that is F one is so massive that it is now becoming like a wild political organization, which is fascinating to me. So again, anyone who listens to this show loves F1, you can dive into that however you want. We're not going to dive in it. But all I know is that yet again, F1 took a bunch of headlines because of some crazy stuff. So have fun with that F1 community. I don't know what's going to go on, but I assume it's going to be chaos. (laughs) How, How close would you say it is to FIFA? Oh, oh man! Yeah, I I watched that FIFA documentary. I actually saw a great tweet from someone. It might have been Chris Wheeler. I I don't know who, but it was like I actually just saw the documentary about the FIA recently on Netflix and how much of a crazy organization it is. Oh wait, that was FIFA. <laughs> interesting. All I'm saying, interesting. You, I, I'm not a member of the of that that whole world over there anymore. Did not, but but technically, we all still hold FIA driving licenses. So I don't know. Crazy, crazy yeah. time. The the the, the uh, World Cup final was also crazy times. Oh, great match! I was uh, I was here. I, I made it back to America. I believe. Great. I mean, I'm not a soccer guy. I, I don't know if you guys are soccer guys, but like that was electric. And, and again, I don't think I'm going to watch soccer now. Still, but I will watch the next World Cup. Joey, well, I mean, what are you? What are you? Yeah, it's think? coming here. Yeah. North America, which is exactly super cool. Yeah, dude, it was like, you know, one of those when you're watching history and you don't really like realize it until it's done. But yes. then, like, once it was all said and done, and I was like, holy shit, I kind of like looked at the <laughs> response of going on. I was like, in real time, I said, man, this is pretty exhilarating, entertaining stuff. But I guess I just didn't like fully grasp it until it was just said and done. But yeah, that was incredible. And North America uh, coming here. 
in four years. So yeah, look look forward to becoming soccer guys in four years again. Um, exactly, soccer guys in four years. I I I loved it for Messi. I think that was, yeah. I, I you know the the it was hard to root for the French. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we obviously know that I have t- you know tough tough goings with uh, Simon Paginot. So tough yeah. to root for the French, but. Uh, I drove for Ricardo Yunkos, who's very, very Argentinian, and I he cooked for me once, and our Argentinian food steaks were prepared wonderfully, so I was supporting Argentina. You have a problem with Simon Pagano? Seemingly everybody else has a problem with <laughs> Roman Grosjean. It's just there you, you know, go. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of trouble with the Frenchies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, ben also had a big weekend uh, because – Oh, On man. Saturday, I texted in our group and I said, oh. "Ben, what the hell?" And Connor was like, "What? What's going on? What I miss?" You know. And I, looking back, I kind of realized, yeah, it's probably not the best text to send. You know, just thinking what happened with the show or something like that. No, I was just talking about his Minnesota Vikings, who were getting absolutely worked thirty-three to nothing by the Colts. And then, wow, another historic day there for for you, young Benjamin. I mean, get walk us through that day there on Saturday. So I um I actually didn't start watching the game probably till halfway through the second quarter, but I was kind of falling on my phone. Um and I was like driving home. I'm like, there's no way I'll I'll turn it on, do some work. Like I'm not really gonna pay attention. And kind of as soon as I got home, they got a little momentum going. Um, I know they had some nasty interceptions. Alvin Cook kind of fumbled when they were, I think they were towards the red zone. I mean, dude. Kirk Thuggins, man. That's all you got to say. Him and Justin Jefferson, they lit, they absolutely lit it up in the second half. I mean, they got a touchdown roll, and I was like, there's no way they're going to come back. And they held them to, I think, just one field goal, I think, in the second yeah. half. And 39 I mean, to three. Yeah. It was, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like, it's that, I mean, we thought the, the Buffalo Bills game was like going to be, you know, game of the year, but I think that Great one was game. close. I mean, against, Matt Ryan in the second half is just, you know, his record funny, serves him. But <laughs> funny. Well, yeah, Matt Ryan is poor guy needs to play in a wheelchair. It's tough. He's he's yeah. having a he's I I I I am a I'm an Indiana sports man. I'm a hometown yep. boy, obviously. It's hard to watch. I, I, a it good is, friend yeah. of ours, Julian Blackman, uh T D on interception, awesome uh pick six. Cool. Good friend of ours. Became friends as we roamed the streets of 2021. Uh, had no idea that he played for the Colts until we had some great chats together. Love to see Julian get that. Um, and then my friend had a, I believe, 10-leg parlay, $50 to win $25,000. Every single thing hit except for Vikings minus three and a half. Oh, <laughs> oh a half point for this poor fella. I tell you what, that's I, a, that was a bad beat of the century. I'm not going to lie. Bad beat of the century. Tough to see that. Um, a lot. Especially when he's sitting there and he's like, well, okay. They put me out of my misery early. Yes. They're, they're not going to cover a three and a half because they're right. down nope. by third. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Not only that. Oh, dude, that's terrible. That's wow. a tough one. Bad beats. Um, I, we've all had those in our in our football betting lives. Uh, I will continue to have those. I'm sure. Um, I had a great little six leg parlay on the Packers game on Monday night. A uh, little Aaron Jones TD. Baker Mayfield rushing under. Uh, Aaron Jones rushing over and uh, didn't get the Christian Watson TD that I needed. Uh, and he almost got one too, which was tough. So we've all had it. We all love a little, uh, little, you know, sports gambling here and there. I enjoy it myself. 
<laughs> hey, they don't say that Vegas always wins for nothing, man. That's yeah. a, that's right. a true fact, right? <laughs> Vegas wasn't built on winners. <laughs> that's right. All those, you know, those cliche phrases that the guys at the office talk about, that those are all true. Uh, all right. Well, it is um, December 21st as we record. Uh, we are coming up on the Christmas weekend holiday, um, you know, the holiday season. And, and just like I think we did with Thanksgiving a few weeks back, we had our podium of desserts. We had our podium of uh, entrees, um, a whole bunch of fun little segments that we did there. And we want to bring it back for uh, this holiday season, for, for 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 Christmas and kind of the end of the year. So um, you mentioned movies. Do we want to start out with that? Yes, I, I think I think we need to. Okay, do you want to go first? I'll give you one to start out the gate. Um, I'm a Christmas movie guy, and it's really hard to make these lists. I saw a list last night on the Twitters. Um, but I'm gonna go like let's start with the third position, the bronze medal, the uh, smaller trophy on the podium. Um, I, and and it's tough for me because I have a good a good top three. But I'm going to go with a, a classic, I think. Um, I, I love the Charlie Brown's Christmas. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I like I like the little tree. It, it, it brings us back to our childhood a little, little bit. Charlie Brown's Christmas for me um, is a great one. And and I, I debate all the time between uh, that and, 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 and the National Lampoon's uh, Christmas. I mean, I, I debate. But you got to go with a classic, just some good music. It's not too long. It's just a good movie. The soundtrack, and I actually have the vinyl. Like the the me and Ryan oh, have the record oh, no of the Charlie that. Brown Christmas, and it, it's beautiful. I mean, it, you you want to talk about having a Christmas party? How they get together? Oh just yeah, throw that on in the background. You can let it run, and it is just perfect mood music. For that time of year, you're right. It's great. All right, that's that's three. I like it. I was not yep. expecting. That's good. You up next. Let's do number threes. Should we do should we do three at a time and then yeah. and then number two or what? I'm good with whatever. I think last time we just knocked out all three, but all right. all gonna... yeah. Fine. I'm gonna go number two then. So number two for me is four Christmases. Uh Vince Vaughn, um Reese Witherspoon. This honestly. It's moving up my list of of favorite movie. I love Four Christmases. Vince Vaughn in this movie is one of the funniest people I think of all time. I just I I love it. Um, Reese Witherspoon is hilarious. Just great cast, great cast in this movie. Um, so yeah, Four Christmases is number two for me for many many reasons. Uh, I know it's a more current one. I, I actually I saw this on more people's lists recently, and I like it. Yep. But for me. I mean, it's pretty easy. Number one, I've watched this movie four times already. But Elf, Elf is my number one. Like I, I, I know that's going to be on probably all three of our lists. Maybe who knows? Um, but Elf is number one for me. I still laugh like a kid, uh, you know, a kid on Christmas watching this movie. It's hilarious, and, and I yeah. and I, I love it. So Elf for me is number one. I, I know it's all more. It's just that's just how it has to go. That's just how it has to go. But they're not. I mean, they're. But they're like, if you when you think about it, I know that for us, those movies came out when we were kids, so it feels like yeah. second time. Elf came out in two thousand three. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Four Christmases came out in like 2007. I mean, like we're, we're yeah. 15, 20 years removed from these. So it's not <laughs> that modern, you know? 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Like if, that is crazy. It would be like on the classic rock channel if they were like rock songs. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're past the modern, modern era. Um, all right. V- very different from mine. And that's great. Yes. Do this. Number three for me. Let's is, hear it. Is going to be uh, a, another all time classic, one that a whole franchise came from, and that would be Home Alone, the original. Yeah. So hard to ignore that. I, yeah. That's so good. I watched that a week ago. Yeah. Home Alone, the original. Um, it's so comforting and cozy, and, and Marv and Harry are hilarious. And uh, there's so many classic lines. And I feel like everybody was kind of like had that moment when they were a kid. They were like, wow, that'd be scary if I got left home alone. But like I could do like Kevin McAllister. Like that'd be kind of, you know, like have an ice cream and watch whatever I wanted. And like that'd be pretty sweet. Um, and then the end is just, you know, it's just so wholesome. Right. He's looking out the window. This scary guy meets up with his family. It's it's great. You know, it's a Christmas classic. Another great soundtrack. John Williams on that. Amazing. Number two for Love me. It. Number two for me. This is interesting. See, this is how much of a Christmas movie guy I am. Two of my probably top five to seven movies of all movies are Christmas films or could be go. considered so. So number two for me, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Great film. It's a non-starter. Um, it, 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 is, it is absolutely on every one of those lists on all of my favorite movies. Maybe the most, even throughout the entire year, one of the most quotable movies, uh, at least in my family and for myself. Um, classic family dynamic. Everybody can relate to that. We're all getting together with them. You have the crazy grandparents. You know, you have the weird cousin. Oh, yeah. Cousin Eddie. I mean, come on. Who's not walked out of the bathroom and somebody said, shitter's full in April. Yeah. Right? I mean, it just it works always. Very, very funny, quick uh, connection to that movie. So, uh Please. The main lady, um, Beverly D'Angelo, that's her real name. I, I did not know, but like I know her niece. And I've known her her niece came to the Indy 500 and and her brother, apparently her brother-in-law or whatever it is, this year at the 500. And I, I had no idea the connection. But her niece, um, her name's Courtney. She lives in Ohio. Hilarious. I was like, wait a second. Your aunt is who? And I was like, the lady from Christmas. <laughs> and i was like are you serious it was very very funny uh very very funny interaction there that i did not know and now that i know because we're, it's christmas season and we're all watching that movie every 10 minutes so a very very interesting connection uh connection to that movie and the indy 500 we love to see it we link indycar with everything here on this show well connor does because he is <laughs> he's mr six degrees of separation i mean i, I Yes. You could do one of those TikToks where somebody could just literally throw out some random name. They could be like uh, Kevin James, and you would yes. have some sort of connection to that person. Um, I think Kevin James did attend an IndyCar race at some point. I don't know when, but I, I, I want to say he was there. I mean, we, you know, it's kind of a cheat for all this because we all know Marco Andretti. So that's kind of a big, you know, that yeah. he, he's got a big uh, wide, wide, wide casting net. Um, but then number one, an all timer, it's a wonderful life. There you go. Oh wow, it, it, it's and it's a a the definition of a classic film. Uh, you'd see it on Turner Classic Movie a bunch. Uh, it's better when it's in black and white rather than uh, the the color color version. 
that's how old we're talking. Uh, wow. Jim Stewart, um, you know, George Bailey, just, just you watch it every year and it, it makes you reflect and it makes you realize how grateful and blessed you are. I think our audience is really going to appreciate that. A little depth, a little depth in the top three there. It uh, it gets you every time, man. It gets you <laughs> absolutely every time. Me at the end. Uh, have you seen it, Connor? Ben, have I have. It? Yes, but it's Long been it's been a while. Yeah, I, I highly suggest in the next. I'm going to throw days. that on at mom's house this this winter. I'm going to throw that when I get there on Christmas Eve. We're going to put that on. It's uh, it is a it is an emotional journey, but it will definitely uh, it, uh I wouldn't be surprised if it shed a tear out of you at the end. If you're really in it and you're really watching and then it makes, cause it really makes you think and it really makes you reflect upon your own life and, uh, and realize how good you got it. Um, that's number one for me. Uh, and always will be. So to recap, love it. Home alone, Christmas vacation and taking the checkered flag. It's a wonderful life. Love that. Ben, what about awesome. you? You're up next with the top three. Where are we where are we starting? You're a child compared to us, essentially. So, you know, I don't know what's going. Is, is every movie animated, or what are we talking here? <laughs> yeah, thanks. you even born that. when Elf came out? Uh, I was oh. two years old. Two years old. Oh, thank God! Yeah. <laughs> I even remember seeing that in theaters. So, yeah, <laughs> I do too. Oh, um, I changed my list up a little bit because you guys pretty much covered all the ones I had, but um. Well, that's fine. I mean, we can have repeats. We can but have repeats. Your list, of, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So two of them I did think of. Um, number three, I didn't like this one when I was younger, but I, I grew to like it as I appreciated it more. A uh, Christmas story. The Red Rider okay. BB gun, the you know, the the leg lamp thing, you know, like the old car. Yeah. <laughs> um I really didn't like it for some reason. And then I got older and I was like, why didn't I find this funny? So I don't know. It's just one of those hey. things you gotta grow into. I, yes, I respect that. But couple couple things on that film. One, it takes place in Indiana. Okay. Uh, the, the movie is set in northwestern Indiana, close to the Chicago. You know, kind of the region esque is what we're yep. talking about. That's the region. Set. Yep. And number two, there's a reference to the Indianapolis 500 in that movie. That we sounds familiar. It. Yeah, we when, love those. When his uh, when the tire. When he, they get the flat tire, yep, and, and Ralphie's dad is pissed, and Ralphie has to go out there and help him. When yep. he's going out, the narration it says, "Well, Ralphie, when he's older, I guess he says something along the lines of, you know, my old man always kind of relished this because he wanted to envision himself in the pits at Indianapolis Speedway. It doesn't say Boom. Motor Speedway; it says the Indianapolis Speedway. I was watching it the other day, and I was like, Leo meme. I was like, oh, yeah, got me really excited." There so you there go. You There's go. our six degrees of Indy. There's the time. Oh, or something. Yeah. We there love we a good reference. Yeah. All right. Number two. And I had a Red Rider BB gun when I would, when I turned 12. My dad had one when he was a kid, so I <laughs> passed it down to me. So that was. Shoot your eye out. Yeah. I haven't shot my eye out yet, luckily. There you go. Um, we love to see it. Number two, I added uh, of the Santa Claus trilogy, or uh, I think they had three yep. movies. Yeah. This one. I watched the most. I think I'd put one and two close, but I just remember watching the second one the most. So I'd probably put the second one as number two. Tim Allen, always, always a classic. Storyline was a little weird, like with the clone and everything, but um, I have the, I, I just watched that one the most growing up. So I think that's probably why I have it number two. I just okay. kind of realized that too, like, because I was watching the second one and I always liked the second one more than I liked the first one. Yeah. 
then the more I was thinking about it, I was like, not only they clone, but like somehow they concoct this watch to where like it keeps track of his magic limit and like well, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, yes, get married out of their yeah, ass. Yeah. Oh, here you go, Santa. Anyways, still a good one though. Number one, I'm excited. Yeah. Number I one, uh, I have to do um based off of quotability in my family, it has to be Christmas vacation. I couldn't tell you like as soon as December yeah. hits, like, you know. Every time I turn on the microwave, I piss myself and forget my name for 20 minutes. Like, yeah, shitters there you go. Uncle Eddie. Um, my hair just ain't going to look right. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> um, one that we always do is um, when they're like, they, they come to say Grace. And like, Grace, she died over four years ago. Like that one we yeah. say all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, ah. yeah the, you guys that, are all over that. that <laughs> the, what. Whole, the whole dinner scene cracks me up every single time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, save the neck for me, Clark. You know the cutting of the turkey. I mean, yep. it's a classic. Yeah. I, I had that on the house literally, like the day before I left for Ireland. I, I that was on. That was I just. It's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Threw it on easy. <laughs> Underrated part of that dinner scene is when they're doing the the pan around the entire thing and nobody's talking, yeah. and all you hear is the the clanking, and they have the shot across from Beverly D'Angelo. And she scoops it up and she flicks it right before yeah. she puts it in her mouth. Yeah. And she acts like it's so good. Dude. <laughs> That's a classic. Uh, yes. I, I love that. Top three Christmas movies we know. Please feel free to tweet us and argue with us or or, or yeah. give us your own. Um, and there are a couple new Christmas movies that have come out this year. I didn't get to watch the new one with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds in it yet. Uh, that's on Apple TV. I, my lady has told me I'm not allowed to watch it until she comes to watch it with me. So that apparently is pretty good, though. So I, uh, please tell me about that if you've watched it. Have you guys watched it yet? No, um, but my sister and brother-in-law have, and they really enjoyed it. Yeah, so that's on the list. That's on the list this that- year. None of us, yeah, because it's kind of like a spin off of like the Christmas Carol. Nobody had Christmas Carol on here. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's fine. I know. Maybe next year it'll make the list. Who knows? No Die Hard either. <laughs> no Die Hard. Well, that's one of Marco. That's probably Marco Andretti's top one right there. I know yeah. that. Um, but that is a Christmas movie, so it's it's tough to tough to stray away from that one. I will say, yeah, I you know I used to give an eye roll to that argument, and then I sat down and forced myself to watch die hard and i was like yeah you could make the argument that catch me if you can falls into the category of die hard-esque movies uh yeah tom hanks leo dicaprio yeah you seen that movie i have yes that sounds it's familiar. been a while but i do remember that yes where leo dicaprio is like he's the guy on the run who's making all his bad checks and tom hanks is chasing him yep tommy oh, hanks. we're always talking on christmas carl every year christmas eve he calls him and then when he gets arrested they have the Christmas scene, spoilers, whatever. You can make that argue. There's a whole category of like movies that aren't Christmas movies, but like have a lot of Christmas in them. You can make the argument. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think next on our list is obviously desserts. Uh, there's a lot of Christmas desserts enjoyed. I, I think I eat more. I eat more cookies and desserts during Christmas time than I do all year long. Uh, it's a very, very special thing for our family. And I don't know if these are, I have not limited this into like to like post meal desserts. I consider like cinnamon rolls. Uh, I would consider those like in the dessert category, even if you're having them for breakfast type thing. Um, oh. So I'm I'm gonna start out with this one here. And now remember, this is a diabetic listing his favorite desserts. <laughs> uh, so tough season for me. Um, but 
it, it's it's very simple for me because we have my mother makes this this little mix up right and it's like uh it's it's like pretzels uh checks mix with some m&ms and uh no nuts because we're not a nut family we don't like the nuts um but it's covered in all white chocolate and we just my mother calls it christmas crack and so i, I if that if that tells you how addicting it is uh it is very addicting it is very delicious like puppy chow? it's like puppy chow yes but like more christmasy uh because obviously the m&ms are only red and green uh it's very delicious now this this could be eaten all year long but for some reason we really focus on it during christmas time um and i and i love it it's something to snack on, little snackaroonies here and there. Um, I, I really enjoy it. My mother calls it the Christmas crack uh, because it's delicious. And the, the little long stick pretzels, the Chex Mixy little things, oh, very delicious covered in white chocolate. I tell you that. Okay. All right. And then number you're, don't worry. My mom, will, my mom, as she listens to this, she'll make you a sample pack, I'm sure, right now. Um and number two on the list for me is uh, we have these giant cinnamon rolls that we make in the morning on Christmas morning. That's I mean, that's just the move for sure. Uh, we do we either do cinnamon rolls or we do these caramel rolls where we have it's like a bread on the outside. But you have a little caramel, marshmallowy, syrupy, sugary stuff inside. Very delicious. Let's just loop those all into one category. Cinnamon rolls, caramel rolls, put them in my body for Christmas. I love it. My favorite things ever. Um, number one on the list, though, I mean, Christmas cookies. It doesn't matter what it is. I just love a Christmas tree-shaped cookie covered in icing. Don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a Santa-shaped cookie. I don't care if it's a snowman-shaped cookie. Don't care what it is. If it's soft, if it's covered in icing, and it makes me think of Christmas, most delicious thing in the world. I love Christmas cookies. Even those ones that you can, like that are pre-made that just have the little Christmas tree on them. Like the little, the, 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 the fat, uh, little jumpy guy, the, the Nestle guy. I don't know the, or who's the, who's the no guy man. that you, the what? Frosty? No, it's the company that makes the, the food that with the, the guy with the little white hat. Billsbury. Billsbury. The Doughboy. Yeah. He's marketing me these little Christmas tree, uh, cookies, those are very delicious as well. So that's my number one. Uh, and I look forward to hearing your lists. Yeah, dude, that's uh, <laughs> I'll just get it out of the way. My number one is the same. I mean, you're right. The the the, the sugar cookies that are in the Christmas tree, oh. the snowman, the candy cane, the Santa, yep. those, and you know, they have the co you know, the the coinciding icing on them. You know, if you have a candy cane, it's gotta be red and red and white. Right. If you have a snowman, give me a little white, maybe even blue could pass there. Right. Yes. Stockings can get a little wild if it's the shape of yep. a stocking. Yep. Be green, blue, fucking yellow, white, whatever you whatever, want. Whatever. Right? Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, so I'm with you there. Those are number one for me. I could house 18,000 of them uh, when I'm at a Christmas party. But then number three, I'm going to go backwards here since we have the same one. Number three, pretty generic and simple. But I swear. The red and green M&M, the Christmas colored M&M, red and green, that version, just not peanut, just the regular. No, 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 no peanut. Those those are far and away better than just your regular batch of M&Ms. I don't know if they put 
your mom's Christmas crack in them. Yeah. If it's some sort of magical Santa pixie dust or something, but the green regular green and red regular M and M's are unmatched during Christmas time. You just you, you can't stop eating them. Simple then, but delicious. There you go. They're like soft yep, for some two. reason. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They, they kind of like melt in your mouth. The chocolate yep. just tastes better. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the red and green food coloring that they put, whatever, but it's amazing. And then number two, I think, yeah, it's like it's it's hard not to have one of your mom's treats on there, you know. And for me, my mom makes this fudge that she's oh, made ooh. since I was a little kid. It's a must-have at, at each side of the family. Everybody's like, where's the fudge? They don't give a shit about seeing fudge. us in the presents. They're like, where's the fudge? Uh, and so that is on there. It reminds me of Christmas every single time. It is so sugary that, Connor, you probably should not even, like, ever get <laughs> like, even tough. It. That'd be Smell a tough it. afternoon for me. I'd, I'd have to be, uh, I'd have to have like an IV of insulin just being flowed into my directly into my soul. Yeah, I mean that's how much sugar we're talking. She puts it in there, uh, but but it's super delicious, and it reminds me of Christmas every time. So I love that. Ben, what do you got? Um, yeah, kind of everything you guys said is solid. Um, if we're getting specific about Christmas type cookies, number three I have is the peanut butter cookies with the Hershey's Kiss. Uh, it's like sugar cookies. I have cookies. no idea what those are. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. The little cookies with the Hershey's Kiss in the middle. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah. So I'm the type of guy. You grab one of those. I t- I take the kiss off and eat it, and then I enjoy the cookie separately. I don't know if you guys tried into it, if you've had them before. Well, I was going to say, it's it's a hard you know, operation right. to do the Hershey Kiss <laughs> on top. Right. It, it's going, tall. Your mouth it gets all pointy. the way over the Hershey. It's pointy. Yeah. Right. It's, you're right. You know, you, if you can't, take a bite out of the side of the Hershey kiss and maybe it could like fall out. It's right. A tough... mm. it, it's a sharp choking hazard. So once you're, once your kids are ready to scheme you know, issue, it's, it's, right. it's, it's an overall scheme issue. Yeah. Right. What you can hurt yourself. I'm gonna look it's, that up. Yeah. It's very dangerous. <laughs> so whenever your kid starts, you know, be able to get some teeth and everything, just let them know, take the kiss off first. Let's just, you know, deal with that separately. <laughs> peanut butter blossom, Ben. Yeah. Okay. Peanut yep. butter blossoms. Yeah. All I, right. I Interesting. Remember what we call them here, but yeah, that sounds about right. Um, number two, you guys mentioned it. I don't think it's on your list, but puppy chow, not something oh. that's really Christmas specific. Cause my mom used to make it for us like year round as like snacks, like an elementary yep. school. It's just, it's so easy to just, you know, you have the big bin of it and you just walk around, just snack on that a little bit. Like peanut butter. Hey, I chocolate. promise it's not as good as my mom's Christmas crack, but I get it. You it know, it's and it's same. a similar it's thing. Similar, yeah. Similar category. Yeah. If you guys want to send some to North Carolina for try, I mean, you know, I'll I'll be the judge of that. Um, we will be sending out sampler platters. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> uh, number one, I don't know if you guys. I think you guys have probably seen them. You know, like the chocolate crinkle cookies. It's like the it's like yes. the kind of a brownie type texture, and then they have like the powdered sugar on it. Got like the little yes. wrinkles in it. I, I actually know exactly did. what you're talking about. I actually think my neighbors just brought over some, and I have them in my <laughs> nice. fridge. I'm not uh, gonna lie. My grandma's makes those fantastic definitely my favorite so there you go yeah that was a a, that was a great coverage of christmas desserts i I enjoyed that quite a lot hold on the brownies with the powder sugar there it's a brownie texture but it's it's cookie shaped powdered sugar on top of it it's got little like wrinkles in it i think i know exactly what you're talking about if you just look up chocolate crinkle cookie it'll come up chocolate crinkle cookies that's what it's all about these wow. days. I, I literally, I think my computer just heard me because I literally just typed C H O C, and then like the next <laughs> drop down was like chocolate crinkle cookies. All right, 
That's got a big interesting. tech. <laughs> big tech has got us covered. They're learning you. They're going to clone FBI you. FBI agents on my ass. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, those. I mean, you got some warm chocolate and powdered sugar. Yeah, it's it, it all it all goes together. You could call it reindeer shit, and I'd be like, "Yeah, fire it up, <laughs> fire it up, <laughs> fire it up, Dad." Yeah, uh, um, well, that was a great Christmas episode. I think we covered a lot there. We got to yep. get to our guests now. Uh, um, if there's nothing else we need to cover before Christmas, we'll have our our guest Antonio Felix da Costa coming right up, and then obviously the random Indy 500 driver of the week uh, right after that. So here is our our interview with uh, Antonio Felix da Costa. All right. Well, we have an incredible guest that I mentioned uh, earlier. He's a very talented race car driver. Uh, he's a race car driver that I've known for many, many years of my life. Uh, he took me to my first casino. Uh, he w- pretty much should have been a Formula One driver. There was a lot of people on the internet that were basically, uh, I think, almost ready to start fights in the street for him being a Formula One driver. <laughs> I was going to be part of that, too. Uh, Formula E world champion guy, big electric motorsport guy has been, has probably driven everything in the world. Uh, Antonio Felix DaCosta, thank you so much for being here, my friend. Uh, how are you doing, pal? You guys are, it seems like you guys are just starting up, whereas we're all going on vacation and sitting down for Christmas. Yeah, man. I mean, what an intro, first of all, man. (laughs) That's, uh, probably the best ever (laughs) I've ever had. So thanks for that um yeah man i'm i just got home it's been it's been crazy uh flying around the last couple of weeks as you know like formally it's a little bit off season so we kind of start in january uh, pre-covid was even like like a football season like across the year um so yeah like we're we're full-on pre-season now uh just home for christmas and then we kick it off in first week of january in, in mexico city so can't complain obviously you know get to race cars for a living uh, you know this well, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been flat out, man. So I I want to take people back a little bit because I think there's great history here, and I think you when I first met you, I think you had an appreciation for American motorsports as well, like very early on. And there's a lot of evidence in this uh, in the 2012 GP3 race at Monza uh, when you were bump drafting people, and we had <laughs> talked about this before. If you haven't seen this. Antonio and I, we raced against each other in GP3 when I was there in, in, in 20, uh, 2012, specifically 2012, because that was when I flew into the catch fence in Monaco. And then Antonio, to celebrate that I was still alive, we went to a casino that night. We paid $80 for two vodka Red Bulls. It was very expensive. Um, <laughs> but but there there was, there's, I think that those two years of GP3, or those years of GP3, I think when you look at the drivers in those in those years, there's so many of us who I think are still friends, but also so many people who ended up being really successful all across the motorsport spectrum. And yeah, did you think that that era of GP3 was like a a very very strong way to I guess build a foundation for for where we all are now? Because let's talk about some of the names that we were all together. It's you, me, uh, Mitch Evans, Stoffel Van Dorn. Uh, you had Tom Blomquist, you had um, Daniel Apt, you had, and a lot of us are are still friends. You had Danny Kvyat, all, all these guys, like several people, Carlos Sainz. I mean, so many people that made it to Formula One, made it to Formula E, made it to winning everything all across the spectrum. Do you think that was a great way for us to, I guess, establish a great base for our careers? 
I think so, man. I mean, you, you know it well, and it, it's it's always weird for us here in, in Europe, in a good way, to see you guys from the States coming over because you've got, you know, you guys, are, it's all about yourselves, and, and, I, and I have a lot of respect for that. You know, there's a lot of pride in being an American, and you don't need to leave American soil to have a an amazing career in motorsports and in any other sports for a matter of fact. So, but it's always awesome when we get to see you guys coming over. I, f- first it was Joseph just before you, I think, cause I was teammates with Joseph yes. the year before. And then I raced you the year after, uh, obviously I had Alexander Rossi as a teammate as well that same year, 2012. Um, so it's always cool to see you guys coming over. And then, you know, you try this F1 dream, which we know it's, I don't want to say it's a bit of a farce, but you know how it is. Uh, and then if yes. it doesn't work out like it doesn't most of the times, you guys have an amazing series back there in America to to go back to. And and, and you said it correctly. Like I have, a, I have a big love for the way America does sports in general. It's all about the show. It's all about raising the athlete. It's for the fans. And and I love that. You know, here in Europe, if you know, it's very white collar. If you don't wear your uniform properly, you already get a slap on the wrist and it, it's a bit boring. Awesome. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm a, I'm way more of an American way style of doing things. Uh, I learned a lot from you on and off the track. <laughs> that that crash you mentioned from you in Monaco, it, firstly, I was worried, obviously, because you took off in the streets of Monaco with a Formula <laughs> car, which is not normal. But I was also pissed, man, because I was I was second and I was about to <laughs> make a move for the win and the race was red flagged. So I was, I was also oh, slow, yeah, yeah. I was low bad. angry yeah. at you. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Like, man, I'll never forget because obviously we were I was broke at that time, not earning any money, only spending <laughs> money. And uh and when we went out that night with, uh, yeah, all of us, and we went to the, I, I remember there was a guy from GP2, like paying everything. And we we're like, okay, let's not go straight in and like lean on his bottles. Let's go to the bar and yeah. show up with a drink. And we did that. And the drinks, yeah, it was like 80 euros per yeah. vodka, Red Bull or whatever it is we got. So yeah, uh, <laughs> crazy, but good times, man. Good times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those years, I think it's very, very cool to look back and see kind of where everyone went, right? I remember a photo of all of us kind of in the F1 paddock because I was doing stuff with Force India. Yes, you were a Red yes. Bull driver. Uh, James Collado was also there as well. There were a, there were so many people that all of us ended up kind of with ties to Formula One teams. Everyone was, was very Junka, close. I think that picture, that's Juncadella. Juncadella, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I think, tell people, I guess, the, the story with you and Formula One, I find maddening personally because people don't realize how different right there's only 20 seats in formula one there's seven billion people in the world eight billion people in the world ever so like it's a very very small window of of time to get in there and you have pretty much won in everything that you've driven um but you obviously gained a lot of experience but how do you feel about the way that worked out i mean i i think a lot of people think you deserve to be in that seat whether it was Toro Rosso, whether it was Red Bull, whatever it is. Should I go? Should I go? Let's go. No, no restrictions on the story. Let's go. Yeah, I out. mean, I, uh, like, it's been a this, few years. So. We like to have a good time here. Like you're, yeah. you're obviously a Formula League champion. You're a big Porsche guy now. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm fine until I'm not. But yeah, yeah. Uh, same. I, I think I like to tell people the truth these days. So basically, it, it was. It, it's very simple. When you join the Red Bull Junior team. Uh, the reality is that that contract as a junior driver, it's very biased for the brand and the team. So 
yes, they are giving you an opportunity to race for free in junior formulas. It's a lot of money. You you take that. Uh, and, and you actually sign a very early on an F1 option with them. It's like a five-year contract. Uh, don't want to go into too many specifics just for legal yeah. reasons, but basically <laughs> everyone everyone has this contract. Uh, and basically it's like five years where the, the salary just goes up slightly every year, or they can keep you as a reserve driver or test driver for five years, which is a bit that I didn't read properly and I got <laughs> slightly screwed. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you know, Everything was going great. I was winning races in GP3. I was racing World Series at the same time, winning a lot of races, teammates with Alexander Rossi. And, you know, they offered me verbally, they offered me because uh, the contract was signed. That thing was active. Uh, I was testing F1 cars every second week. was going amazing. I was loved by that Red Bull family. And, um, and, and you know, they offered me a, a seat verbally to, to race in Torosso for the 2013 season. And uh, at the same time, Danny Kvyat was doing very well racing against you in uh, in GP3. Uh, I was I was uh, housemates with him, flatmates with with Danny, so I know Danny very well. A lot of respect for him. Um, and I have to say, like that year in World Series, like I was still I still won four races and I finished third in the championship behind Magnussen and, and Van Dorn. Uh, but I I wasn't dominating. But it was still good, still good. They both went up to F1 that year. Um, it was still good. And then, you know, last minute, Russia announced an F1 Grand Prix and they decided to put Kvyat into that Torosso seat. I believe there was a little bit of politics involved, which I understand really well. I think you understand yes. as well. Oh, the yeah. world, not motorsports, world is ruled by money. And it's how it is. Uh, I have no regrets now. I got a little bit older. No regrets at all. I understand why they made that call. And even going a little bit further, you know, when I got the phone call from Dr. Marco saying the seat is no longer for you, but I got you a DTM seat with BMW, three-year contract. Man, it's like, yes, I was crying like a little baby because the thing I've been working towards, and which was, I thought it was in my hands, just slipped away. But you move, a, you go a month and a half further down the road and... You know, I'm wearing factory driver BMW clothes, racing in an amazing championship with amazing drivers. And I got a career. That's where I became a professional, getting my first salary. Um, and at the same time, not that this was a bad thing, but at the same time, I got a little bit out of the Red Bull wings uh, or under their wings. And I started really going under the BMW uh, family wings, which then, you know, they kind of really took me over full time and, you know, the rest is history, and today I'm a Porsche factory driver. And I'd like to say that a lot of it is thanks to Red Bull. Yes, they did not oh, yeah. give me that F F1 seat, but they made me a professional driver. So, you know, life is funny, you know, ups and downs. Uh, you win some, you lose some. Uh, it's just important that appear in your mind. You try to always look on the bright side and never give up and, you know, all that crap. But it is, it is true, and uh, I kept pushing through, having fun doing what I do. And yeah, man, still, still here. If it's got an engine, four wheels, and a steering wheel, I can, I can sit in it. I mean, that's the exact same opinion I have in my life. We've all, we, we've both driven quite a, a wide range of vehicles, and, uh, and yeah, I, 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 I now still feel... one. There's still one thing that I'm very jealous <laughs> that you do a lot, which is when you go hang out with Travis Pastrana in his house. <laughs> Those are the kind of vehicles that I want to be driving. <laughs> And in the mood that you guys drive it on, so that yeah. is one of the those are the greatest experiences potentially of my life. Is is anytime we get to do dumb things together. Um, I I also feel partially responsible. Maybe if I would have won that GP three championship, Danny doesn't get the seat. Who knows? Yes, I got taken out in the last race in Monza. 
you know what? It's big conspiracy. You never know what happens. <laughs> I, 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 it's crazy talk. But I also would like to say to you as well, and if people aren't familiar with with your career, you are probably one of the best celebrators of of, of victories and things like that. I think Antonio is a guy that uh, you appreciate the success in motorsport, right? And we, I think both of us, I mean, you and have you, a lot you know more what me off. And, you know, there's yeah. something that pisses me off. Sorry to cut you off, but there's something no, no, no. that pisses Go me ahead. off a lot. When you see like Lewis, which I have a lot of respect for Lewis oh, yeah. or Max, Max is a great friend of mine. And you yeah, know, they we, win. That, those are our boys. Those are the boys. Yeah. <laughs> when they, man, he, 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 they win a race in F1, which is the dream. And they're like, yeah. I so, know. Fucking hell, man. I'll be back flipping out of that rear yes. wing into a something. I don't know. Do something crazy, man. You're winning a Formula One race. So, I, I yeah, you know, when, when I do win a race and, and you know, we race such competitive championships these days, yeah. you know, in, Indi- in IndyCar, you, you no longer win six races a year. I mean, you win maybe two, three if you have an amazing season. So race wins don't come easy anymore. So when exactly. you do win one of them, man, you have to go nuts. You have to go it- nuts. I completely agree, and I re- I respect that the most out of you because your personality and the way that I think you can express to the people the happiness that you have for winning, people love that. Like that's yeah. that's not like people don't look at someone celebrating beating very very good drivers at something, and and like they they don't ever say you know what I think that guy's too happy. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't, know if I, I don't know if I like that. It's like too happy. no, it's like everyone loves that. It's like. I, it's because it's an emotional thing. Like that, it's that emotional connection to the driver, and 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 I really respect that. So I, you, you mentioned a little bit IndyCar, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but you have tested an IndyCar, correct? Have. You have, you are somewhat familiar. I would say you are probably closer to racing an IndyCar than some people might know, um, but. I like getting people's opinions because this show, we, we really try to push IndyCar, right? We're trying to help the sport, We but we talk about all forms of racing as well. But what is your kind of general opinion on IndyCar right now as like someone who watches from afar, but you obviously know some of us, you obviously know team, you know, you know the Ray Hall Letterman team, you know some of these teams, um, you know the Andretti team, you, you know some of these guys in there. Yeah. So what's your kind of opinion of of what we're doing over here? I, th- I think it's it's, it's growing a lot uh, over here as well in Europe. You know, you see a lot of kids who are not getting that F1 opportunity going to IndyCar. You see some guys leaving F1 going to IndyCar. So it's generally going up. But going back a little, a little, a few steps, you said in the beginning, like, that I have a big appreciation for American racing and motorsport. And you are correct. So I've always looked up to it, as I said earlier. And I did have an IndyCar test a year and a half ago or two years ago now with, with uh, Rahal Letterman Racing. Uh, you were there in Barber, man. Yeah. I have to say that was a bit of a shock because, yeah, I've been racing LX and stuff. <laughs> it's fucking hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> the end of the day, they were like, "Hey, man, this is now the peak of the track. It's where it's at its best." <laughs> man, I couldn't hang on to the fucking thing anymore. But I you know I, I'd like to say that I did a pretty solid job. You know, at, at yeah. the end of the day, I was like half a second off off the off the best guy, so it wasn't too bad. And you guys were just finishing the season, so you you were all warmed up you know, uh, physically ready for that thing. Anyway, um, that test went pretty well. Uh, I got a few offers uh, at the back of that test um, to, to come over. And once again, let's go no boundaries here. I've said yeah. it to, to 
to Bobby Rahal when he made the offer. And um, I don't think this is this is public, but I had a good offer from Zach as well when, when he wanted to bring the third car um, for the series. Uh, so Zach I had those Brown two offers. from McLaren. Exactly, yeah. Yes. So, Zach, if you're seeing this, please don't be angry. You're a racer like me, and yeah, I don't think you'll be angry. <laughs> hey, I drove for Zach too, one race, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you did, yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, I mean, very plain and simple. The offers were a lot of money, I think, a lot more than what than what rookies normally get, which I told these teams that I have a big appreciation for that effort because in the end of the day, it's always a risk putting someone in the car uh, you know who's been who's who's been racing LMP2 or Formula E, uh, but the test did go well, so they had some some safety there. But you never know what can happen. So like two three year deals, decent money, but at the end of the day, moving to America for me, uh, it, this is my brain speaking. No longer, my heart was like, let's go, man. What are you doing? Pack yeah. your bags and go. But my brain's like, look, man, you're gonna earn a little bit less money than what you do now, paying tax, moving over there, renting a house, this and that, going away from your. So in the end of the day, it was more dangerous less money away from family and my brain won won the fight over my heart and I decided not to do it. There's still a few talks in place, but the reality is like now I, I and at, at the same time I had a I had this factory deal from Porsche on the table, which you know it's uh, to represent this brand in, in our world is is a big deal. So uh oh, yeah. that seemed that seemed uh, like the the right thing for me to do now. Um but yeah I have to tell you man I slept like shit for three or four days when i turned down those contracts because something i've been saying out loud in the media that i wanted to go to twin the car i wanted to go wanted to go wanted to go and it find the opportunity finally presented itself and i didn't have the guts to do it you know i didn't have the guts to to make the change in my life so i i slept i bobby was pissed he was like man i'm disappointed <laughs> he actually had a small go at me which shows yeah. the passion that the guy has and oh, yeah. in a way how much he wanted me there so i respect that uh, but he had a, a low key go at me, which I, you know, it, it was hard to take. But hey, we know Bob. Still, Bob gets emotional. Hey, sometimes yeah. you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Zach was very understandable. Uh, you know, he understands the, the the way things are this side of the pond as well. So um, yeah, I mean, never say never. Uh, I I would love to come and like oval racing. I'd love to try that, man. Oh it yeah. Looks, it looks awesome. I think you I think guys you'd be are, really good at oval racing too. I I think you'd get it's it because I I love like, it. I know you do, and you're very good at it, but it's like the amount of respect that you need to have for each other. But at the same time, man, you, you, when I see you guys inches from each other at, at those speeds, but like you know exactly what to expect from each other. So it's super cool. Not for, not everyone, I have to say, but it, generally speaking, it's it's very cool to see. Do you think, like, obviously, the the massive popularity spike that Formula One has taken, right? Everyone knows it. Like we we saw each other at, at Coda this year. We got to take a little tour of the Mercedes uh, little garage, and, and I got to listen to a guy talk a bunch of crap about how slow Indy cars are, and he was about ten seconds off <laughs> on the pace prediction. But that's fine, no big deal. We talked about it on the show before, but uh, like the the popularity there, what you've seen there. I mean, do you think that that's helping all of motorsport? Because again. Formula E is something that, like, I went to the race in Brooklyn. I enjoyed it. I thought it was an incredible experience. I think, yeah, I think they put a lot cool for you to. Yeah, that's something cool for you to speak about because my dad and I understand when you're a motorsport fan, you know, when you're a petrol heavy, like electric races, like, man, you know, not really. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, it's not my not my favorite thing, but I enjoyed I my experience. I think the the weekend is a nice show. You know, as you said, good yes. drivers, good teams, uh, good racing, and at the end of the day, yes. I agree with you. The sound is a big part of motorsports, 
between us, I think it's it formally has has some plans to try and implement some kind of racing sound to to it with technology that that will be easily done. But you're right, like I think Formula One being where it is now and all this crazy popularity, um, it's good for everyone, no doubt. Um, you know, you're now again, you're like, oh, you're a racing driver, but then it's like, oh, but not in F1. So I know, you know what I mean. I know when you're. I mean, because now now you have a girlfriend again, Connor. But when you're chasing chicks, you know, it's like, oh, F- <laughs> uh, racing, race, race car driver, awesome. Oh, not in F1. Eh, okay. Uh, yeah. it, it's good and bad. Oh, you, you know? must it's be poor. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still fly commercial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> We're still but, you know, on Wizz so- Air going to going to Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. it's good. It's good and bad. I think every series can can lean on it and learn from it. Absolutely. So um, I think generally speaking, it's a good thing. Yes. Um. So we only have a, a few minutes left with you, but I. I'm excited to see where Formula E goes this season, right? The the cars look interesting, I've got to say, but you've got some big manufacturers, you got some drivers that have moved around a little bit. Um and I'm I'm probably going to say a lot of our listenership, you know, we're we're, we're under the Dale Earnhardt Jr. banner here, right? So we got a lot of NASCAR listeners, we got a lot of IndyCar listeners might not be as familiar with Formula E, but you've driven everything what are we kind of looking for this season? Are you going to beat Stoffel, our good friend? Like, what's going to happen? Like, who's? Are you going to try so to win it, the championship again? So what, what are a, we doing? A couple of quick points just to, to make it interesting. So, I, I just moved to. I think almost every team had a, a driver move. Uh, at least one of the drivers moved, apart from Jaguar. So, Mitch Evans and Sam Bird, they 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 keep uh, in Jaguar. Great but friends of ours. Every, yeah, every, but yeah. every other team, every other team, they had someone, somebody chase. So I moved from DS, the French manufacturer, to Porsche. Stoff took my seat, so he took the yeah. seat that I vacated, and we just had our first testing session like all together last week. And guess what? DS was one two, so yeah. Stoff was like kicking ass in my old car. And I was like, mm, maybe I want that back. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Like obviously, you know, the por- part of the Porsche deal is, you know, they haven't won. Yeah, they haven't won anything yet in Formula, and, and I want to be part of that that progress and, and, you know, leaving my mark in that brand and winning together. So that's going to be the challenge for now. Uh, I think we can do it. It's a bit of a long work for us at the moment with some, some progression needs to be done. I actually got a call with my bosses right after I switched yeah. this off with you to, you know, alert them in the areas that we, I think we need to improve. Um, but yeah, look, it's, uh, and, and for the American guys uh, listening, you know, actually I just had the Porsche Christmas dinner two days ago. And I sat right next to Tim Sindrick, the, oh, yeah. prince, the president of Team Penske. And man, we chatted everything, IndyCar, uh, the Le Mans project they're now taking on board with Porsche, their NASCAR. Because I didn't know his son, it was his son, obviously. Yeah. But his son won the Daytona 500 this year. In, <laughs> and he races for Penske, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's a, it's awesome to see those guys, you know, the love and the passion they have for motorsports and Roger was there himself, and he's very open to to everything. Obviously, yeah, he he looked into Formula himself. But yeah, look, it's a series. We're racing in Portland, actually. I need to ask you about that. I know, state. yeah, Portland. Oregon, I think it is. Not my favorite place in the world. Not gonna lie, yeah. but uh, congratulations <laughs> to you guys being in the mountains, dude. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll do that race, and then I'll fly to you, and we can go and do something fun somewhere. Exactly. So, uh, you I are still um, one of my top people that I want to go on vacation with at some point in my life. Uh, we have not got to do that yet, but uh, man, we Stoff- don't need to go far. Miami, <laughs> LA, or something like that. The, all of us are there. We got the time. We come and see you. We go somewhere. 
Done. Exactly. We'll we get bo- the boys together. It. You, me, Mitch, Stoff. We'll get all the, the crew together. Tom. Stoffel, by the way, I've been asking him to do this show for four weeks, and he said no every time, or he's been out. He, every time I message him, he's he's like, oh, there's Stoff. bottles at the club, and we're, we're too busy. And I'm like, okay, all right, sorry. Stoff, get your ass here, man. I mean, come, come on. on. Um, quick Come predictions on. for uh, IndyCar Championship next year, and who's your favorite NASCAR driver? We're going to go right out the gate. <laughs> NASCAR. Let's start with NASCAR. Man, I, I love watching those races. Uh, I, there's something about the super speedways, because I know people oh, are like, yes. oh, it's flat out, it's boring. But no, there's a lot of strategy that goes into those kind of races. Uh, and it's impossible to guess who's going to win. So that's why I love. that's what I love about it. Um, I don't know, man. I think, obviously... Um, ah, What's his name? The guy, the guy who got kicked banned during COVID for saying some bad words. Ken, oh, uh, Kyle Larson. <laughs> yes, I like him a lot. Uh, I think Chase Elliott is great, and uh, obviously uh, Joey Logano um, is very good. Kozlowski is very good. So yeah, I know, I know my NASCAR. Uh, I'd like to see some more European guys there. To be honest, maybe I can be the first one a few Let's years go. from now. IndyCar, uh, man. Yeah, I think Andretti needs as a point to prove. You know, it's now the time for Colton to, you know, to really bring it together. He's been super quick in some in some places. And when I did the test, I really thought like Colton and Pato are are a big part of the future of of that series. The kids are, are oh, yeah. super strong. Pato's been in the fight for a few years now. Uh, I think Colton is is a is a guy to look out to. Scott, man, Scott's been Scotty. <laughs> It's been impressive, man. I, I thought, I mean, the, his first year, naturally, people need to understand it's Stuff. very hard to, to adapt. I, I, I drove that car and I tell you, it's hard <laughs> to adapt. And yeah. he did very good fighting for the championship this year. And then, yeah, the, you know, all the regular guys that are normally up there. And you, man, I want to see you <laughs> fucking kick some ass. We're going to do our go. best. We're going to get yeah. it. We're going to try to win Indy, Indy 500. Man, yeah, it's for you. Indy 500 is for you, man. I feel <laughs> it. I, you, you're so close. There's a few years now. What was it this year? Some tire hit your front nose, or that was, was the, that, that was the year before. But yeah, we and led this year two, you led two years in a row. Yeah, and this year you led a bit of the race, wasn't it? Yeah, was that this year? Yeah, so come on. Yeah, yeah, come on, man. I, 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 we're, I hey, look, been, we're getting closer been, every year, and I, you're going to be invited to the celebration party as well when that happens. So yeah, I just want to let I you can know. Never make, I, yeah, I can never make that race because it's just the week before. Uh, it's a week before uh, Le Mans, 24 hours, and I'm always... But yeah, I, I do need to come over and watch that race once. So, uh, <laughs> you yeah, have man. to. You have to. Well, I appreciate it, man. I know you have a very, very important call with all of Germany, um, and I hope that that goes well for you. I hope that the How are you feeling about your, the start of your season? When when do you get back in the car? Uh, we don't actually drive until February. So we, got, we, got, uh, we have one test day that we're allowed, and then we have two... Uh, preseason training days so we're we're gonna it's gonna be a bit of a wait but uh, at three, least we have three, like eight three days in the days. car that's it that's three it three days in the car that's all you get three cool. days before the first race and uh we know how hard these cars are to drive so it's gonna be nice for the body to get absolutely blitzed before we <laughs> get into the race car it's gonna be wonderful <laughs> yeah man <laughs> <laughs> well man i wish you the best i really want to see you succeed man i know you can do it and it's been coming for a while so i want to i want to see it Thank you, my friend. We appreciate your time. Um, honestly, thank you. And uh, good luck this season. Uh, great way to uh, keep ourselves entertained over the winter and maybe the preseason is to watch some Formula E racing. So, Antonio Felix Costa, thank you very much, my friend. Merry and Christmas. you owe me Happy a helmet. 
We're going to trade helmets yes, this year. I actually, got a gold I, one for just, you right here. Literally, literally just just arrived. This there is my brand new one. But this, I'll use this one and then we'll swap it in, in Oregon when I'm in, in Portland. You got to come watch it. We'll swap All it. All right. There. I so. love it. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thank you very much. Great interview there. Um, again, sorry we had to chop that up a little bit, and uh, and Joey was not able to to make it to that. But we had a great a great show with Antonio. Great show overall for Christmas. Um, excited for this uh, for this this week of Christmas. Excited to enjoy some time uh, with the family. But obviously, Joey, we have a great sector coming up now. A sector section of the show that we we always love. Uh-huh. The Ricky Treadway Random Indy Five Hundred Driver of the Week. Uh, yes. um, would you like to guess at what year we went with this year uh, or this, this, this time <laughs> take a, take a uh, random guess at the year. Can I, I will tell uh, you if you're wrong? Okay. Well, I'm trying to think there's any sort of like Christmas tie in or anything. What um, <laughs> is it b- before or after the Vietnam war? <laughs> uh, before. Wait, when was the Vietnam War? Late sixties. I wanted oh, to wanted test your history knowledge. Yeah. Okay, after. <laughs> you failed. <laughs> I uh, thought the Vietnam War was more like uh that other one in the nineties. I don't know. Heritage Christian, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um nineteen eighty one. No, very close. We went 1978 this time. Uh, very, very close. I respect that. The 1978 Indianapolis 500, obviously won by Al Senior, Al Lancer. Uh, um, incredible, uh, incredible race champion. And again, so many names in this field that you just, all of them are, are, are legendary. But I went with one, honestly, that I, I had not really known much about, and which I like to do because I, I try to educate myself as well. Uh, we're going to go with the 11th place finisher, solid day for Larry Rice. Larry Rice finished 11th. Uh, Larry Rice, American racing driver. Um, where was he? Fr- it doesn't actually say, oh, that's Buddy Rice's dad. Well, that's kind of cool. I had no idea. Now I feel like a complete idiot because I like Buddy Rice a lot, and he's a friend of mine. Buddy Rice, obviously Indy 500 champion, uh, incredibly talented driver, um, so that was Buddy Rice's dad. Oh my, I now you are the audience is now learning that I am an idiot right out the gate. Yeah, I was um, gonna say we're gonna have a million tweets on that. Oh my gosh, Rice. Larry Rice. Yeah, I'm a dummy, but at least I accept it because now we're learning about Larry Rice and the fact that uh he was had two indy five hundred starts, uh finished eleventh and nineteenth. Um actually he and he was always moving forward in the races, so that's really, really cool. Um, and yeah, that, that's, I, I cannot believe that I did not know that. Um, poor Larry Rice died of lung cancer in, in May of 2009. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously an incredibly successful motorsport family, uh, which is really, really cool. Um, yeah. Hey, that's wild. You did, uh, this is before my time. And you were just a wee little baby. Uh, he was the color analyst on ESPN's Saturday Night Thunder program, which yes. will tie in. I don't think we've talked about yet, but yeah. uh, SRX going to uh, ESPN the summer of 2023. Yeah, very interesting. The Thursday Night Thunder is back. 
back. Apparently that's what they're going to call it, which is really, really cool. And um, I actually hope if, if it's on Thursday nights, that might be tough for race weekends still for me to make, but it would be really cool to still be able to announce for them. And uh, I don't know if I'll obviously do it because ESPN might use in-house people. I'm not really sure, but I would love to be a part of that ESPN broadcast for the SRX racing series. Great schedule that they launched. Um, But yeah, we learned a lot about our uh, random Indy 500 driver of the week this week. Absolutely. Um, All right. Well, that's it. That's our final show for 2022. Um, we're going to take the next couple of weeks, like hopefully a lot of you are getting to do and uh, spend time with friends and family and kind of just uh, reset before the new year and, and, and enjoy good times and make memories and be safe and, and all that good stuff. So we appreciate you guys. It's been a heck of a year. Uh, this is the first full year that Connor and, and I have done the show and large part, thanks to Dirty Mo Media and Dale Jr. and Mike and mm. Ben, of course. Um, so just thrilled to be here still. We appreciate all of you guys. Hope you have a Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Um, uh, gonna be a week or so before we get back on here, but until next time, we'll talk to you guys in 2023. This is a production of Dirty Mode Media. Check out Dirty Mode Media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mode. Dirty Mode. Dirty Mode. Dirty Mode.